that fuse and blow shit up for America. You're listening to Polygonometry. This is a podcast where each and every episode, I sit down with a member of my family, which is so big. And we have a small little chit chat about what it's like not having as many fingers as you used to have. What's up dudes, babes, babe dudes and dude babes. Happy 4th of July, everybody. And uh, ha- 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 happy birthday, uh, um, America, you know. At any rate, guys, I'm actually really stoked about this uh, this next episode because this episode marks the first of many featuring this same guest. Um, it's my mom's little brother, Jared, and basically what happened with him is I showed up to his house, I set up my podcast equipment, he cracked open a bottle of bourbon, grabbed a bunch of uh, pipe tobacco, and grabbed a few pipes that he made by hand, and we recorded for six hours straight. That's exactly what happened. So basically what I'm doing with all of his stuff is taking that conversation, you know, chopping it up into one-hour chunks and releasing those as episodes. And uh, for those of you who don't know my Uncle Jared, he is a professional blacksmith. He was on the show Forged in Fire on History Channel and won. Brilliant when it comes to metalwork. And uh, honestly, one of the most amazingly interesting dudes to talk to. I mean, if a six-hour recording session is evident enough. And what's great is that even with that six-hour recording, (laughs) we didn't even get to the polygamy stuff. So we're going to be getting a lot of my Uncle Jared coming up soon here, and I know you guys are going to love it. So gear up. Sit tight. The next few apps are going to be awesome, and I know that you're going to have a great time listening to the conversation that I have with my mom's little brother. So, the gist of this is all the life, all the stories, as much as we can get. Yes. Right? yes. I'll even yes. financially give back to help do this more if we need to do even more. Yeah. I want my whole life stories out. Dude, let's do it. Like, for posterity, for all that shit, like I'm, I'm a hundred percent in the dark and nasty. Yes, the bright light. Absolutely, because like, I want it all out there. Sweet, I'm, I am all about it. Um, so I think the best way to start it would be, what's the first thing you remember? First thing I remember. Your very first memory. Very, the very first thing. This is because your self concept, and I, I want to lay this out just a little bit before we really get into it, is that in my opinion people's perceptions of themselves start with where they remember. Yes. Right? Yeah. You know, it has some sort of, for some reason, that stuck for whatever it is. And so Mm -hmm. there could be any sort of therapeutic reasons, and that's a little bit more of a philosophical conversation, but I don't, whatever, I don't care about that. Sure. Um, So the first thing you, you, where does that start? Okay, so first memory for me. It's not your standard first memory for most people. My first memory is like about two years before I was born. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's what's so odd about my first memory. Okay, so I know that I've heard this story, but I wanna make sure that I'm keeping everybody who's listening involved. <laughs> How is it possible that your very first memory is before you were born? Okay, so if you talk to your mom, my sister. Yep. So she is two years older than me. And we're pretty much of agreement that we're twins and that we were, okay, let me preempt even this story. Sure. Right? We're going to preempt this. Yeah. So dad had a dream that dad had a dream once when mom was 
I think it was just after mom had Brady and dad had a dream. It might have been a year later or something like that. But it was after Brady was born. Dad had a dream and he saw a silhouette of two kids. Now, this is how it was told to me. Okay. So he saw a silhouette of two kids. He knew he was going to have two more kids. Okay. Mom, I think, had a similar dream as well. Mom just knew she was going to have two more kids. She didn't know twins. She didn't. No, just two more kids. The the amount is two. Yes. Got it. Dad saw two silhouettes standing together. But see, mom always was deathly ill with pregnancy like she was pregnant yeah her pregnancies were pretty gnarly really really bad like like yeah. life-threatening bad pregnancies yeah. so kelly comes along washington dc that's where my memory starts because my memory is I'm okay so you, your first memory is in the place where my mom was born yes washington dc so okay. that was my first memory and kelly and i are pretty much convinced we were twins that would explain dad's little dream vision that he had of the two silhouettes mom knowing she was gonna have two more kids okay and how i come to think of it a bit is that we were twins and it's all predestined at least where we were coming to we we both knew we were going into this family yeah but we knew mom would have probably died had we been twins yeah because of the her propensity for intense pregnancies exactly sure and and i'll get into that a little bit more later with the pregnancy she had with me okay so i have a phenomenally vivid vivid memory not like this vague recollection that like five-year-olds create memories i have a vivid memory to the feel in the air like the smell in the air the clouds in the sky sitting on my dad's shoulders looking down seeing these two little toe-headed boys and a baby in my mom's arms you remembered the feeling of the air yes like blown across your skin in I've never been to Washington DC. I've never been to the Washington Monument. I saw it for the first time in my life three months ago. Right? Okay. But I could tell you the sidewalks, how they curved, the cannon with the cannonballs and something, sitting at Lincoln's feet at the Lincoln Memorial, yeah. staring up at Lincoln yeah. Yeah. as a little kid, like next to my brother, Chad and Brady, uh-huh. um, who were like, you know, yeah. bigger than me, and I'm standing there, we're looking up at, at the Lincoln Memorial and walking around the the obelisk, the Washington Monument. Yeah. Like, yeah. And my dad's pushing this this stroller with Brady in it, and Chad's kind of waddling along next to him, and mom's holding Kelly, uh-huh. and I'm on my dad's shoulders, and we're walking around. And it's vivid. Okay, so I've had this memory my whole life. I can't. I've always had this memory. Okay, so here's a question. So when you was there ever a moment where you were talking about that memory fondly, and then Grandpa was like, "Uh, Jared, you weren't there." Was no, there was there ever a moment? No, like how that? this came about. So where the memory. I've always had the memory, and I never thought much about it because it was just a memory, right? Sure. I never tried to explain it. It was just a memory in my life, okay? When I got into my later teenage years, I was like, hold on. Why do I have a memory of Washington, D.C., and Chad and Brady as little kids, and, and Kelly as a baby when I wasn't even born yet? Like, that's physically impossible. And so I was like, hey, Mom. I sat down with Mom one day, and I was like, I got a question for you. Yeah. So before I ever said it was a memory, before I ever said anything, I asked her about Chad and Bray's clothes when they were little. Okay. I asked her about specific, I didn't tell her that I had a memory of being in Washington. Oh, so you're kind of like doing a little bit of a litmus test. I was trying to do a yeah. blind a blind memory test. Sure. I was okay. saying, hey, so, cause you spent a lot of time near the Washington Monument. Mom, was there like this and this and this? And did the sidewalk do like this? And she's like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and she's agreeing with me on this. I says, yeah, so here's my memory, Mom. And I told the memory, and her eyes just got huge. She's like, yeah. how do you remember that? I was like, don't ask me. I wasn't even born then. 
But I remember sitting on dad's shoulders being with the family. Whoa. Clearly, like vivid to this day, 47, and it's still as clear a memory as any memory I have. Holy shit. Yeah. That is wild. Okay, so now the question is, I mean, that is, that is insane. Now the question is, like, where or how do you think that is a thing for you? Like, what caused that? Well, so back in plea days, it was the whole coming to heaven, choose my family, yeah, be you with a righteous family. That was your interview. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. Does this exactly. family work? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, that is my family. Why? It's predetermined. It's predestined. Sure, sure. You know? So that's the plea thing for it. God loved me, sent me to my family, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, honestly, I do, I do still hold the belief of multiple existences. Okay. Reincarnation, kind of more multiple existences, kind of a dumbed down version of a lot of that stuff. Heaven sure. and hell, I have no use for. I see no point in any of that bullshit. Yeah, we'll honestly. get to that. Yeah. Yeah. So I do believe in a multiple existence type thing. Okay. And I think, I think we can get, and I, well, I believe this because it's fun. Yeah. Really, what's really why I believe it well, yeah, totally. is that we can get to a point in our conscious awareness state yeah. where we can start making more choices of when we come back. Like, hey, that family looks like they'll be a, a hoot in this life. Let's go to that one. Well, and as we've turned you out know, to be, it's dude, been a hoot. Like, we got a hell of a family, man. <laughs> I mean, we got some shit going on in this family. <laughs> yes, so, we do. <laughs> so honestly, I think there is a piece that, and I think Kelly and I have just been connected souls for a long time. Okay. Um, not soul mates as just connected sure. souls. We yeah. we resonate at a similar frequency. Yeah. And things at similar frequencies tend to group together. You know, the big garbage pile in the middle of the freaking ocean. Yep. Things that resonate at similar frequencies stay together. I'm right? so glad that you referenced the p great Pacific garbage patch in <laughs> reference to my mom. <laughs> hey, better keep it real, man. <laughs> he said it, not me, mom. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think I think it's that resonant thing. Like we come back and we, we always come back to people or souls or spirits or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That we that are on, we're on a similar vibe with. Okay. And I think that just keeps happening. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I mean you only have one sibling, so that's uh, Do you feel that way with with Arkin at all? With with what? With like the, you know, connected soul stuff? Not as much. Okay. As with like other people. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean I I have I have that with all of my siblings in various ways. Mm -hmm. Like Tank and I connect on a different level than Stella and I, mm -hmm. and Calistia and I are on a different. So it's all it's all that same level of intense, but it's all sure. for just different reasons for yeah. for me anyway. But. Well, I think some of that comes with comes and goes with with age and maturity and life experiences too. Totally, totally, yeah. yeah. The hoot of whatever your family is can yeah. help shape well, that. Well, because sure. Chad, Chad and I, if we can use that, you might have to flip that one out. Okay, but so when we were younger, him and I were connected at the hip. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Like we were just like always doing stuff together. And then yeah. when we got older, we grew apart and then Brady and I started working together and then Brady and I connected at the hip and we, mm -hmm. Brady and I have been together for years, which is funny because I hated him when I was younger. Really? Oh man. I did not like Why him did you not all. like Brady? This is personality. Yeah. He just rubbed me so wrong growing up. <laughs> was it just the goody two shoes vibe that I've always heard about? Yeah, I was never that way, but he always was. <laughs> you okay. Do you feel but, like he like lorded it over you in a, in no, ways like in the older brother type of way? No, not so much that. He was just always just naturally that way. Okay. He was just very much naturally the good guy. Okay. You know, and sure. You know, don't break the law. Be good. Do this. You need to be better. Sure. It was just his nature, and that just rubbed me wrong. So yeah. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know? funny. So so uh, before I think that the I mean just because of how much 
stuff I want to talk to you about. Yes. I think the next step from that, because I've heard that story before about the Washington DC stuff and how incredible that, is, that idea is. Um, I want to know a few anecdotes from when you were growing up with you four. Okay. And like your favorite story or your least favorite or one that sticks out. Yeah. Um, or one that you've never told yet. That yeah. You, you have like had in your back pocket. Yeah, because kind of like, yeah. I've got so many memories from when we were little, little, little. Like, yeah. I have, you know, there, there were like, you know, post-birth memories too. I got those too. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, remember, I remember getting potty trained. Um, okay. That's, that's, I don't know of many people who yeah, have so that I actually have, I have memories before that. My, my next memory after my pre-birth memory now sure. is when I was probably one and we were on the beach in San Diego. My mom had a brown one piece swimsuit with these little wood buttons on it. That was how I validated this memory. Cause okay. I talked to my mom and said, okay, mom, did you have a brown swimsuit with wooden buttons? One piece swimsuit. She's like, yep. And then we have a bamboo mat with a red fringe. She's like, Jared, how can you remember that? You were like not even one years old then. Yeah. Well, here's the memory, mom. We were on the beach and I had sand in my diaper. And I clearly remember walking up to mom saying, mom, I have sand in my diaper. I need you to change it. This is what my memory is. Oh, wait. So hold on. So you're not, your memory is not like trying to get your mom's attention no, and no. just like freaking out. Your memory is you literally saying the words, I, I have sand in my diaper, how, please help me. This is my memory is I'm trying to tell my mom, mom, I have sand in my diaper. I need you to change it. And mom says, that's nice, honey. Go play in the water. And I'm like, no. And then I, and I remember getting mad Yeah. and like throwing a fit. And she says, just go play, go play with your brothers. And I just, Walked yeah. off and went and played in the sand and water with Brady and Chad and you know, yeah, yeah. And then and then a little while later, my mom came over and grabbed me because my diaper was hanging down to my ankles, you know, and yeah. changed my diaper when it was full of seawater. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Whoa! So the, the language part is what's That's crazy to me. That's always what's tripped me out. Yeah, is because and, and I had so I never told my mom about this memory until I validated it first. I asked her about objects that we owned to make sure that I had the right objects in my head. Do you think that it was like a I gotta just gotta see if I'm crazy or not. That's exactly what it was. Like I had to make sure I wasn't losing my fucking mind. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie uh, where he Total Recall? Total. Um, re yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, am, yeah. I, am I am I or am I not? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was like legit things in my brain because I have these memories that are so vivid from such a young age. Yeah. You know. Whoa. That is going into Tijuana to get uh, burritos. You know, when we were like one and a half, I was like one and a half. You know, because dad was in the border patrol and we lived down there in San Diego. Well, I think we moved up from California when I was like under, I wasn't even two. Yeah. So this is all pre two years old. You know, these memories going and getting the 10 cent burrito in Tijuana, you know, getting the little donkey piggy banks that my Well, and you guys would go back there and get haircuts and that stuff too. Yeah, and exactly. yeah, my mom told me about the haircuts for yeah, some Yeah, I don't reason. ever remember the haircuts. I remember yeah. the day we were coming out and there was an old guy in the middle of the road um, and he was selling these, these donkey. Uh, covered wagon piggy banks things and okay. we bought some we had those things for years and years and years but yeah. i remember the day we bought them, yeah you know damn you know? yeah my mom told me about the tijuana the only thing that i remember about the tijuana thing was mom saying like grandma didn't want to spend a lot of money on getting your guys haircuts yeah so they had like little sign that said two dollar haircuts yeah, you know exactly. so just like you know and she'll grandma Stella goes in and just like all right forks over mm -hmm. you know eight bucks and yeah. everybody got a haircut yep yeah exactly yeah it's just that's awesome 
Yeah, just weird stuff. Okay, so you remember picking up the piggy bank stuff and, yeah. and the Tijuana trips and you know the the trying to get grandma's attention. That's so insane. So, okay, so what are some of the other stories that okay, you have? So, so some of the funner ones now. So that's like one, two. So we move into a place, Maple Valley, Washington. Yeah. I was two when we moved there. Okay. I remember getting Teak. Chad brought home a dog, Teak, from Cub Scouts, Black Lab. And I remember trying to ride that like a horse. I was, I was trying to be a cowboy. Yeah. I got it. So for my third birthday, so I was two years old in Maple Valley. Yeah. And then for my third birthday, I got a set of dart guns. I remember that birthday. It was a red one and a blue one. Oh, and with like little suction cup yeah, thing? Yeah, little suction cup dart guns. Yeah. And I remember- Those are remember, so fun. Oh, dude, they're great. Yeah. Especially for a three-year-old kid. You know? Oh, dude. But yeah. I wanted to be four. I remember telling mom, I want to turn four, not, th- not three. Like, that was, was you're like, about to turn three, and he's like, "Mom, listen, I I need to get this thing going here." That was exactly. <laughs> it. I was like, "I want to be more grown up. I want to be four. Yeah, you know. And I got a set of dart guns, baby. Like, this whole being a kid thing needs to stop. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'm ready to move on. Exactly. <laughs> At two. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, diaper. <laughs> yep. Thanks. Yeah. So I remember Chad bringing Teak home, and and I was outside, and I wanted to be a cowboy so bad, because I, you know, you sure, cowboy, yeah. yeah. You so got I your remember, guns, yeah. I remember I had my guns, I walked up to him. I think I had a little cowboy hat, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and my boots, in fact, there's a picture with me in my cowboy boots somewhere. Nice. And, and I, I remember grabbing Teak by one ear, because it was the reins, yep. and slinging up onto his back, and he shot like a bullet. I think I lasted about two steps before he threw me off. Yeah. He would never come near me again. Oh, no. <laughs> How long did you guys have Teak? Not that long. I think it was yeah. less than a year yeah. before we had to put him down. Yeah. Who knows what? He was an older dog when we well, got oh, him. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't a puppy. He was an yeah. older dog when we got him. Yeah, so, bigger guy. Yeah. But yeah, so that's like Maple Valley, three years old, four years old. We go moving into Renton. And that was where the first time I started learning about drugs, walking home from school. And you know what? There's probably a lot of people in Renton who listened to that just barely and they're like, oh. So makes that sense. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, come on, that's the school that Joel was teaching at up there. Yep. My elementary school was the same one. Oh, really? It was the same elementary school oh, nice. that Kelly and I went to. Nice. Shout so, out episode four. Yeah, that was where Brady, Brady and I almost got ran over by a guy on a motorcycle. So we were walking over to the little Piggly Wiggly or Pennywise or something little store. Something we we had like a quarter. We we're gonna go get some candies. Yeah. You know, for me, it was like this really long walk. I was like a four or five year old kid. Yeah. You know, I was going with my old brother. We we're gonna go get some candy. That's I'm pretty a big sure deal. It was just yeah. around the corner. But yeah. Yeah. We went through. There was this little like bike track, like a okay. dirt bike track. You could get your BMX bikes and ride their hill. The little jump and yeah, yeah. Little park thingy. Yeah. Yeah. And I Brady you. and I were over there walking through it to go to the store, and I just remember, and I thought I thought Brady was like the most amazing thing at this point because like. We hear this motorcycle ram, 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 flying, and then Bray just like lunges at me and grabs me and throws me out of the way just as this motorcycle comes flying over the hill from the trees, jump, jumps like almost over us. You know, so we'd have been hit. I'd have, you, been, you run, would, I'd have been totally run over by this guy. Yeah. You know, Bray like throws me out of the way. And I remember that was like my first, like, that's my first memory of like, like holding my big brother in awe. You know, oh, it was okay. like he just saved my life. Wow! You know, he threw me out of the way of this motorcycle. That could, it was probably not quite so dramatic, but for a four-year-old brain, you well, know, I mean, that's how the memory is, you know, solidified. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that was an interest. That Renton Park was an interesting house. You know, that was you know for me, anyways. That was a pretty. That was a pivotal time. It was like that four or five year old. When, it's a hash in your timeline. Yeah. So yeah. memories really started solidifying there. Okay. You know, um, school, you know, started kindergarten there. 
you know, at Renton Park. That was when I first started getting teased really bad was in kindergarten at Renton Park. Okay. So that kind of kicked off because I was teased just really bad my whole life. And I don't know, it was something just about me. People would tease me. It was, I could never understand it. You were a target. I was a but target not, but, the, but it seemed as though that there wasn't anything obvious that they would go for you towards. It just happened to be it you. It just happened to be me. Like okay. walking down the street, a guy across the street would make fun of me. Right. Oh man. And I became hypersensitive to it. So I think, well, I mean, yeah, like, look, looking back, I think maybe I perceived things as teasing that weren't because sure. I was teased so much. So I sure. was, the guy was asking me something in a, in a sarcastic way and it may not have been teasing, but I took it as such later okay. in life. Sure. But sure. this was where that all started happening. This was like, that was like where life got real, so to speak. Yeah. Like I'd get teased at this walking home from school with Kelly and this dude's behind us like, Hey kids, you guys got any pot? You know, like obviously he's just being a dank. You know, yeah. he was probably a 13 year old kid in middle school, but he looked like this. Yeah, he looked like an adult. He looked effectively like an adult. for you. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah effectively sure. for me, he was an adult. You know. Yeah. So things like that. That's kind of when things started getting really weird that way. Yeah. You know, I remember that was my first memory of dad um, getting in an argument with another person and like threatening violence. Oh really? Yeah, and it was heated. Like it was really, really heated argument. You know, and and the guy pulled a bat out. And dad pulled a gun out. <laughs> you know? <It's> like, <laughs> but here's the thing. I am not surprised no. whatsoever about no. that. And then the guy left. <laughs> you know? Like, because that's what happens when you pull a bat and he pulls a gun, you well, leave. I mean, there's always like that that thing. Like, you never bring, you know, a, a, a rock to a gunfight or exactly. whatever. A knife there's to like a gunfight. A knife to a gunfight. Exactly. And then, like, it's yeah. like you never bring, like, a cannon to a gunfight. Yeah. Or you're going to a cannon fight or whatever it is. Yeah. And it ends up in nukes. Yeah. I mean, but, I was like, I was five years old and I remember I was 10 feet away from dad. And I'm yeah. watching this unfold. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. And, and dad was being dad because dad was really intense back then. I mean, uh -huh. he was a really intense human being back then. Yeah. And, and the dude pulled the bat out and dad just was like, it went from like, really really intense to fucking nuclear bomb yeah you know yeah because you don't dad wins that's dad wins there's yeah. no there's no question around that yeah you know yeah that's how he is that's how he's always been yeah you know and i remember watching that and i was like whoa like whoa. yeah by pure <laughs> sheer force of dominant mm -hmm. ridiculous trauma <laughs> being manifested in yes. uh, instinct to protect yeah 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 Pretty, pretty, wow. pretty wild time, you know. <sighs> there are so many areas that I want to go with you um, because... I did skip over Santa Claus. <laughs> Realizing that, that there was no Santa Claus at three. That was three. That was three. Oh, okay. So before you go any further, yes. my family, my mom and dad, we never did Santa Claus. Gotcha. Never. Never, never so you once. Never, never was that once. from the Pliggy thing? It might have been. Or was it just... I don't think it was from the John Ray band Christmas it, it stuff. It wasn't that stuff. I don't oh, think that's it was. What I was. That's what I was wondering. Is if it came yeah, no, from no, no. the whole, like, you shouldn't believe that because it's evil stuff or if it was yeah. just not a thing. For those who are listening who don't understand that reference, I will be covering it at some point, hopefully for this next year's holiday special. I thought that'd be <laughs> funny. Um, but effectively, there was a guy who lived in Pinesdale who banned Christmas. We'll move on. Um, so no, my family, my mom and dad, we never did the whole, let's leave cookies out for Santa. Yeah. Santa's coming. You better, naughty nice list. None of that. It was always like, this is from dad. This is from mom. Gotcha. And I thought that was so cool because yeah. I, like my parents were like, you, when you remove Santa Claus, like, oh, Santa made you, or the, Santa's elves made you these. Mm -hmm. It was different. There, the, the vibe that I always got from it was they wanted to make sure that we knew 
that they were the ones taking care of us. It was like this love thing. And yeah, I thought, gotcha. I've always yeah. thought of it that way. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do with my future kids. Like there's no, cool. there's no way that I'm gonna do Santa stuff. Yeah. The leprechaun, I mean, maybe like the tooth fairy, cause it might be fun. Yeah. And I'm not saying that anybody who practices that is stupid. No. But for me, I don't Just think that's, thing. yeah, like why would I? Yeah, we were never real big on the Santa thing. Like we did no. a little bit, but they were pretty young when they kind of wisened up to it on their own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like 11, I think. Yeah. 11? Yeah. Yeah. We weren't too heavy hard with it. We'd have family presents and a couple Santa presents. You know, oh, okay. Just, just for fun. Sure, sure. But, yeah. yeah so there was I a little remember, bit of it, but not the priority. Yeah, not yeah. no, definitely not the priority. Not by any means. Yeah. No. Yeah. But it was kind of fun. It was the magic about it that I wanted to keep. I wanted to keep an air of magic. Sure. We didn't have religion. We didn't have imaginary gods, heaven and hells. Yeah. But it's always nice to have some magic in life. Yeah, and that's what my... And that was what yeah. I wanted to keep the Santa for, was to, to keep a little myth and magic in my kids' lives. Sure. Because and I'm that, a that's very yeah. practical dude in a lot of ways. And you always got to have, and even I realize I need to keep some magic in life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, totally. Yeah, so you realized. squashed at three. Three. So what was that like? Well, it's a tragic story, really. Okay. It crushed my little heart. <laughs> I don't want our, our food to get cold. Let's eat. Let's we'll eat first. Back. I'm going to put pause on both. That's the first half hour of whatever. I'll edit it all. It's going to be fine. Cool. All right. Okay. Sweet. Wonderful. We are we're back on. Um, okay, so <clears throat> that burger was amazing. Yes. Santa, three years old, broke your little heart. Oh, man, yes. Your mom was there for that one. Okay, so it is, okay, let me, let me think back. It is probably December 22nd or 23rd, okay? I'm three years old. Am I three? Yes, I am three years old. This is in Skyway. And Kelly and I are in the living room because the Christmas tree's up. We have presents under the tree. There's a okay. present from mom, present from dad, right? There's no Santa presents, but there's presents from family, all that. And I remember sitting there and I was like, I want to give, because I was into building things already at was three this, years old. Was this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? This would have been, no, this was like the 22nd or 23rd. This okay. was before Did you, you even You might Christmas. have said that. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah so it. this is like the 22nd or 23rd. Gotcha. And I'm sitting there, Kelly and I are sitting in the living room. We're just little. I'm at three, so she's like five. Yeah. And we're just, you know, we're looking at the Christmas lights, and we're looking at the presents, like all excited for Christmas because Santa's coming. And at this point in my life, I was already like building things. Like I'll have to talk about cutting all the phone lines in the house to fix them and make them better. I did that at three. I did that at three years old, right? So I was already captivated by building things. Yeah. And so I had this little like plastic toy saw and a little hammer that I had been given. I don't know, it was maybe for my birthday. I don't know what it came from. I had yeah. these toy tools, right? Gotcha. And I'm sitting there with Kelly. I'm like, I want to give my tools to Santa so he can give them to his elves to help make toys with. You're being fucking charitable as shit. Yeah, That's like, dope. I'm all excited about this. So Kelly gets some wrapping paper. She helps me wrap these presents. And then we write to Santa for elves from Jared. And I put them under the tree, okay? I'm all excited. And so I remember Christmas morning, and then it's just a fuzz, right? The next couple days are a fuzz. I don't have too many memories of that. But I remember Christmas morning waking up, and I'm so excited to get, it's Christmas, right? I'm yeah. three years old, it's Christmas. This is my first vivid Christmas memory. And dad's handing out the presents, and we're opening them. And then he picks up this present, and he's looking at it, and he's like, two, can't read that. Jared, 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 Jared. Because yeah. he'd read from Jared. And I open it up, and it's the saw. And I'm like, Santa didn't take the saw. 
and Brady was Brady or Chad, one of them, was like, "That's because Santa's not real." Oh, and I was like, "Damn it, what?" And 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 Kelly, I can't remember what Kelly said. Then and then just like, "Yeah, Santa's not real. He's fake." I'm just like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> so there went the tooth fairy. There went Santa Claus because it was like, "Well, if Santa's not real, obviously the tooth fairy's not real." Everything is not your real. shelf. Your shelf broke to reference Everything the CES letter. Yeah. At, <laughs> at this point, the magic bubble has burst. You're done. Gone. See ya. I can't enjoy the Easter Bunny. I can't enjoy the Tooth Fairy. I just want my dollar. I lost a tooth. Give him my quarter. Yep. Like, fuck the Tooth Fairy. It ain't real. <laughs> you know, all the magic in my life went right out the door. Done. At three years old. Done. You know, yeah. And maybe that's why I like having magic now in life. Maybe it's from childhood trauma. Well, I mean, I would you say know. to the, I would say to that point, I think most of your stories are because of childhood trauma. <laughs> Dude, my life is based off childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah. well, I think everybody's lives yeah, are. We got beats. We got, yeah, <laughs> you oh, <man>. know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was also the same. You know, three years old was kind of pivotal, actually, thinking back on it. Because, yeah. like, that was where all my, my food issues growing up came from was three years old okay that was where i became oh, the beats thing yeah terrified of beats okay so you, you get you were terrified and you just you just you despised beets. i still despise beets. you still have an aversion to it beet greens are fine beet I, actually, greens. I actually like beet greens okay because i never knew they were a part of a beet until a year ago oh i just refused to I'll probably look at the label i don't know i just yeah. know that these taste good but beets a beet yeah I, I don't give two fucks about beats. Keep them away from me. I don't even want to look at them. <laughs> For those of people who don't really know you, they might be like, oh man, he's just joking around. But I, there was a little bit of a glint in your eye before you said, oh, fuck dude. you about beats <laughs> that don't I can notice. It, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Mm -hmm. You really hate beats. I, well, I hate beats too. There's a story from this. Okay. And it is, it is the story that set the stage for the issues that I've had with food my whole life. Okay. And, and it was, it, it's a dad story Tra enter traumatic dad story okay. right so three years old same house um skyway i remember we're sitting down to eat dinner yeah and, and i remember this, this is another really clear memory so dad was over here i'm sitting here chad is where you are okay brady's right here okay kelly's over here mom's still doing food prep sure right yep so mom puts a beat on my plate i don't know what it was it was this yeah. red thing that's cool I'm oh. three. I don't know what's good or what's not good. Red food. Red food. Yeah. yeah. I stick my fork in it and I bring it to my mouth and it had like this twangy taste to it and I pulled a face. Yeah. Because it was like, ugh, you know. Yeah. Like it just hit you and, weird. Like a lemon. Yeah, exactly. And I'm guessing dad was having a bad day because he okay. went from zero to maniacal, raging asshole screamer in 0.02 seconds. Just, um, yeah, just let loose on me. You will like that food, son. Put that in your mouth. You will eat it and you will enjoy it. And he is like yelling at me and doing the finger pointy thing that, that parents do. And I'm instantly and terrified. Got up in your grill. And yeah. Well, and he did it so fast and so dramatically that I peed my pants. So God. now I'm sitting here terrified because dad's screaming at me. I peed my pants. But I know if I get out from under the table, dad's going to see that I peed my pants and I'm going to get in trouble more and probably get spanked. So he's yelling at me to eat this beet. I can't eat it because I still got a stubborn streak. I'm stubborn like a motherfucker, thanks to dad. <laughs> and so I just won't do it. And he's yelling harder and I just won't do it. And he's yelling harder. And Chad and Brady, bless their heart, big brothers come to the rescue. Yeah. So they start like 
enticing me to take a bite and they'll give me a penny. And then Chad finds a dime. Found He's like, dime. I'll give you a dime if you just if you just touch it with your tongue, Jared. And they're trying to calm dad down because they realize where dad's at. Yeah. And I'm guessing dad probably had, had a bad day that day. That's probably why. Something. Look, Looking back, then I was just terrified. Well, of I mean, can you imagine? And for those of pe- people who might be listening to that understand the kind of context and like the physicality and how my grandpa's mannerisms are, yes. this would make sense if he just got up in your grill immediately about beats yes. like at four years old <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, so, it, so it makes it makes sense and also i don't want to ever pick on my dad because uh, this is all pre-beer dad we will address post-beer dad so wait do you say beer or beard beer beer as in drinking beer okay, like gotcha. as in specifically uh, uh budweiser tall boy Okay. There's there is an event. I heard of I've heard of this life, reference it's before. A, it's a life changing event. So there's in my life I have pre beer dad and post beer dad, because dad was a rough dude and we had our issues and he won't deny it. We had our we had our time or two. You guys knocked heads. Well, you bet we did. Yeah. And I love that man dearly and I respect him of the utmost. Yeah. And life is life, man. Yeah. Life wasn't easy. Good. And that's okay. So this was one of those. This was one of those moments at a very early age that set the stage for a lot of stuff growing up between him and I. Okay. You know, that was my first real memory of, of being scared of my dad. You know, that wasn't the first time I'd peed in my pants at the dinner table either. That, well, that was the first time, but not the last time. Oh, so it happened after it ha- that. It happened again. That okay. was, that was another time about a year later. Cause was so, it, be- was it beats again? No, oh, okay. no. So, <laughs> well, so that, what that, there was a really weird instance. Cause like, that set the stage for being really picky yeah and and not liking food but this is my this is my traits that i got from dad coming out yeah because yeah. i dug my heels in too at a very young age and when dad would try to fight me on food fuck you i'm tougher than you i'm fighting back now i was little so he was screaming yelling at me i'd still get scared but I was just as belligerent as it was going to be. So I got to be a really good liar about things ah. to not get in trouble, right? Yeah. You were, you still won. I still won, you know, quote unquote, yeah. right? Yeah. It, it, the logic at that time yeah. means, yeah, that's the better. Yeah. Well, it kind gotcha. of became a bit of a battle too. It's like, how sneaky do I need to be? And what do I need to do? Because I'm not going to eat that shit. Did you ever feel like you were like, what else can I do? Was that ever a, a, the side of it that developed at all? Or No, I was never really a rebellious kid that way oh you weren't like trying to be like ultimately I, mischievous yeah no okay. not, not at all because i'm okay. not i'm not i was never naturally a mischievous person that's just yeah, not you were I'm just trying really to mischievous what's guy. what's the minimum amount i can do to not get in trouble yeah gotcha and, and also it's like that's not what i want to do okay don't make me do it gotcha i and i'm that's just that's if i don't want to do something <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna fucking do it <laughs> yeah. I, have, <laughs> you know? uh, I have come to know that about you over, yeah. the, over the course of the last few years <laughs> yeah well because like the second time that i peed my pants at table when i was four um we were eating mashed potatoes and gravy but i think we had snow peas i remember i put a snow pea in my mouth and i gagged on it and i threw up on my plate and i don't even think and i honestly don't think it's because i didn't like it i think i just gagged the texture like, thing it was either a texture thing or i might have actually choked on it oh, like just kind of like Wah. yeah because yeah. like, i think the snow pea went down my throat and made me gag and i threw up you were so excited to eat snow peas that you puked on it yeah it was something <laughs> like that but okay. i remember i remember the meal was a meal that i actually enjoyed except for the, like the snow peas yeah and i remember i threw up on my plate and dad flipped out and he and he was yelling at me that I've got to eat it and he's going to make me eat my throw up and he put salt and pepper on the throw up that was on my plate 
and I peed my pants again. And then mom walked in because he was telling me, when I did that when I was a kid, my dad made me eat with a throw up. You're going to eat your puke. And then mom walked in and says, you are not making my son eat that. And she excused God. me from the table. Cool. That was that's a big a, blow up. That's a little bit more intense idea. I mean, it was rough. I, I've, I've heard this story before. Yes. Um, yes. But it's not a new story. No, no, not for yeah. me uh, specifically. But it that idea, and this is just me putting myself into this a little bit um, with my experience of grandpa, but. I would have never guessed yeah. the grandpa, the one that I know and grew up he with. Wouldn't, he wouldn't do that now. It, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pre-beer grandpa. This is pre-beer grandpa. And so he, like, the idea that my grandfather could have done something like that, mm -hmm. it, it's hard for me. To, you know, there's that part of me that's like, yeah. bullshit, Jared. Yeah. Not not my grandpa, Rod. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or whatever. Well, but. it's because dad's the man now. Like, yeah, he's, he's he's awesome. the man. yeah, he is the awesome. man. Yeah, he is awesome. And he's been awesome all the time. Yeah, but he 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 came. What well, you've done the stories, you've listened to him. He yeah. came from a rough life, very like, rough. Like the fact that I got it, I got what I did. Yeah, pales to what he got. Yeah. So the fact that he only did that to me. Yeah, dude. There's a buddy of mine that has shit. a bit about that, and he says like uh, the worst father in the world is Tom Brady. <laughs> because how else are gonna get, are you gonna top that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah shout out yeah. to joey yeah. um but yeah so anyway um yeah, so yeah so, I mean, so yeah, he, he so made was, you he put salt and pepper on it. he says he's grilling he, you he's he going military on you yeah and yeah he yeah, was yeah. like he was jabbing doing the finger jab and he's like you're gonna eat that throw up okay you're gonna like it and it was a, it was i don't know it comes from a punishment comes from who knows what and then mom came in and sure i'm just like she saw what was happening. Mom was the sweetest person on the planet, but don't fuck with her kids. And you, dude, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. as every mom is. That's so. You know? I'm so glad that she has that. She has that ace, or she had that ace up her sleeve. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, you know, even, I, even dad wouldn't mess with mom. Yeah, when mom was laying it down, even dad knew when to back off. Yeah, you know, and I mean, Dad's a tough dude, but even Dad knew when he was whooped. Which is the, which is the reason. It's a, if anything, it's a just testament to Grandma. Yeah, of like the kind of caliber of woman that she is. Well, yeah, yeah and the yeah. respect that Dad had for Mom. Yeah, totally. I mean, Dad had the utmost respect for that woman. Yep. You yep. know, yeah. all of his all totally. of his wives. Yeah. So he's he he's he forcing you to eat the throw up. Yeah, and that time, so that scared me, and that reinforced my 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 food pickiness and all that. But that also kind of is really where um. That's kind of where I learned how to just be tough and dig in my heels. Yeah, like, stubborn. I didn't have a choice but to be tough. I was a pretty sensitive kid as a little kid. I was yeah, really, you mentioned that, yeah. I was really, really sensitive. Like, I really enjoyed being outgoing. I really enjoyed laughing. I really yeah. enjoyed, like, being just funny and goofy and stuff, but I was never really allowed to. Like, we had to be tough. We had to oh, buckle down. We had to be righteous. The the Yeah. Yeah, the, it's that whole religious fundamentalist don't be like hard you got to be serious because you're gonna go you're to a man heaven and you got to yeah. be a man blah all that bullshit right? yeah 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 totally and that was kind of when i really had to start when i had to start being that way okay i didn't have a choice yeah i, I didn't feel like i had a choice oh, okay so does, is it like out of survival in a way yeah oh yeah a lot of it okay. a lot of my childhood for me was more survival than fun gotcha. i don't i don't have a lot of fun fun memories from my childhood the funness is in the way that people think of fun memories is yes. not there no not I, memories I have, that you're like you know i hate these memories or whatever i mean yeah. there's probably a ton of those too but yeah i have memories i wish i don't have 
Yeah. And, but like when I look over my overall childhood, I don't look at my childhood fondly. Sure. I'm like, oh man, I remember when I was six and having fun with my friends. I'm yeah. like, I remember when I was six and we moved and then we moved and then we moved and then I got in trouble. You know, it's like, and we moved and we moved like, and we moved. I'm fucking tired of being six. I want to be eight. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's, yeah, eight's yeah. bigger. There's problems when you're eight. <laughs> you know? And then I got baptized. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> now I'm going to hell. <laughs> oh, now I'm accountable. Yeah. You know, but yeah, so that was like four. Renton Park, that's that Skyway Renton Park, three, four. Three was like the loss of Santa Claus. And like yeah. four was like, fine, I've got to be tough. You yeah. Know? You know, but then there was some a couple of the fun memories, you know, like there was this uh, um, mixed race couple that lived across the street in 1980, 1979, 1980. Oh, kind of a big deal back then. Big deal. Then. In, in the, okay, so where were you guys at? This was in Renton. This is okay, the so same house. In Renton. Yeah. Okay. And and I remember, so this is one of my fond memories, though. Okay. Because I was out playing with this, I can't remember the kid's name. He was across the street, whatever. And the neighbor kid. Yeah, neighbor kid. And he was building a koi pond in his backyard. Oh, dope. The black guy was. And he'd let us come back and sit and watch him. And I'd sit and pick his brain, asking questions. And he'd answer questions while he's digging his hole and forming up for the concrete. Yeah. You know? And like, yeah, cool. Because the one nice. thing, Dad was a rough guy, but Dad was never a racist. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And if you want to be racist, you can get your ass beat. Yeah. Like you don't do that. Yeah. So yeah. that was the great thing. Is, I mean, that was a weird time and, and everything. But I remember I remember that guy and his wife. They were the neatest couple to me because they'd give me lemonade or okay. let me come back and hang out and watch him build his koi pond. Oh, dude, that's so dope. Yeah, it was awesome. I was yeah. like, you know, four or five-year-old kid. Yeah, that's typical, know. like, you know, suburban Seattle area yeah. type of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Have fun, play around, have my big wheel with the square wheel because I'd rub it from screeling down thing. Oh, dude, I had going a full of legitimate great big wheel. That's that so was sweet. like the best thing ever. And then I took it apart because I wanted to figure out how it worked. Yeah, you know. I think if uh, of all the things, <laughs> of all the things that is the essence of Jared is, yeah, I just want to look and see how it worked. <laughs> Pretty much, just the tinkeringest, yeah. most tinkery guy. Yeah, I think I know it's for like, sure. Well, it's like fascination, like. Same time frame, that four or five year old, three, four, five year old time frame, I was with Grandma Cheney. Okay. Okay. And I was, mom had dropped me off. She was out doing something. Dad was at work. I was just getting babysat for the day. Sure. Right. Sure. And I remember I'm in the kitchen with Grandma and she turns the burner on and it turns red. You know, it's a glowing spiral yeah. orange yeah, yeah, yeah. burner. Yep, yep, yep. And she says, Don't touch that, honey. It's hot. And then she walks out. She was going to grab something from, in the other room okay so i walk up to it i look at it and i touch it I'm like ah and i start crying she was saying why'd you touch it well, she said i said it was hot why'd you touch it that's why i want to know how hot it was yeah because just because they say it's hot it doesn't tell you how hot it is that's <laughs> uh, when You're i learned how hot red is red is really fucking hot <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah red really hurts <laughs> yeah you yeah, know totally. and that is that is the that is my life in a nutshell. Yeah. How hot is it? I don't know. Let me touch it and find out. Yeah. Like, yeah pretty much. That's how I've lived my whole life. I, yeah. I was going to say, that, like, <laughs> the reason why I call it a theme is that I think that idea is a, a very, like, large portion of all these very aspects of yeah. yourself. Very yeah. So. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm very much an experiential person. Yes. I want to, ex- I mean, that's what we're here for, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the life here for experience, you know? Yeah. When I die and hit those pearly gates, I don't want nothing left. Well, yeah. Why do I want to die with a nice body? Fucking use that shit up, man. Yeah. I want to be like on my Finish last on leg, yeah. fucking sliding across home plate, you know, with yep. freaking bourbon in one hand and cigar, and they're like, "Whoa, what a rush!" Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. No, and uh, I I mentioned this to uh, a previous guest um, on an episode that may or may not air, um, but he and I were talking about uh, 
that that idea of like experiencing things right and that has a very hedonist idea behind it for sure and also the way that i kind of think about it i'm I'm not this guy who is like lacks discipline just like does whatever he wants and just experiences whatever pleasure can bring Mm -hmm. um but i found like the thing that i kind of hold on to with that is that when you think about how unbelievably small and insignificant our existence is yeah well we got 75 to 85 years yeah if you're lucky if you're lucky if you're lucky, right? What's the average lifespan? Like 72 right now? Something. Yeah, something, not right? much. Yeah, no. And when you think of how how short it is to experience that amount of time in the grand scheme of the universe, whatever, mm-hmm. physics, great, cool, giant other podcast. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that I hold on to is like, against all of that, mm-hmm. I have this. Yeah. That's fucking special. Yeah that's really, really special. So I'm in the same way. I'm like, well, dude. And then you multiply that by how many spermies were swimming and we were one of them. Yeah, no, and it just, it's turtles all the way down, <laughs> man. Right. Like it's yeah. all, yeah, totally, exactly. totally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the fact that that our personality types are in this type of a body. Yeah, how? The fuck did that come from? Yeah, for real, brain chemistry, nice. Yeah. Cool, that's a unique Elijah yeah. cocktail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also on top of that, for how unique it is, like you're made up of carbon and nitrogen and oxygen, and I am too, and you're vibrating because you're made up of atoms and atoms vibrate. We're the same thing. Yeah. But you're it's you and I'm me. It's so mm-hmm. cool, man. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Nifty idea. It is. So cool. Anyway, so uh, you're in Renton. You were watching yep. uh, this mixed race couple make yeah. a, k- a koi pond. And yep. Those were, yeah, th- that was, it was amazing because. 47 years, that was 43 years ago, right? Yeah. And mom and dad weren't close to them. We didn't have dinners with them. We didn't have barbecues with them. He just made such an impression that he'd sit there and entertain a four-year-old kid. Yeah. And it's just like, what a neat guy. Yeah. That, that's some of the fun. I have some of the most obscure fond memories from my childhood. Yeah. I have very few grandiose fond memories. Sure. It's these subtle little snippets like that man being nice to me. You know, made such an impression on me as a little kid. Okay, you know? impressionable. Yeah, very, very impressionable. The definition of it, basically. Yeah, yeah very impressionable moment. You know, yeah. running down the running down the street in bare feet, burning my toes off because it was asphalt and it was a hot summer day. Yeah. You know, and then the neighbor kid pulling out his dad's gun, and uh, and like playing with it and knowing because dad had, was so strict on guns, like don't do that. And I remember taking away, like setting it down, like. Dude, my dad yeah. whipped my ass yeah. if I got a freaking gun, you know? <laughs> yeah. He and, broke and, my brother's BB guns. <laughs> yeah, hence the good thing that dad taught us. I mean, yeah, yeah. he was rough, but he was very, very good at at teaching what needed to be taught. You know? Yeah, totally. He was, he was so, so involved in that aspect in, in my childhood. Yeah. That changed later on when the, the whole pleggy stuff came down the pipes. But okay. very early on in life, dad was very much always there teaching. Well, he's a natural teacher anyway. Oh, he's a total natural teacher. Oh, yeah. You know, granted, he was a very strict teacher. Like, you know, you do it this way. There was never a, let's see, what's the best way for you to do it? He's like, no, this is how you do it. This is how you're going to do it. And you're going to like it when you do it. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Bouncing quarters off of bed sheets, that kind of stuff. Yeah, Yeah. the the whole white, the white glove stuff for cleaning the bedrooms, all that, all that kind of stuff. But, but even at that, he always gave me, he, he did, him and mom both saw, the the fact that i had to take stuff apart i had to tinker and he always allowed me that space that's awesome oh and he made space for it like i he bought me a bike for when i was turned five 
And I took it apart like three months later. I couldn't put it back together. He never yelled at me for it. He never got mad. Nothing. He just like, yep, take your bike apart. And he just let it be what it was. And I had a bucket nice. of parts. I could never get it put back together because I was freaking four. Yeah. Five. Well, I got it all, all. I got it all apart. I yeah. don't know how to put it back together. And, yeah. he, and he never got mad at me for it. You know, That's really cool. Like that. He always gave me that space. That's awesome. Always gave me that space. That's so Always rad. encouraged me as well. Do you think that, okay, so and I know just from the context of what I know of your life story and the various mm-hmm. things that we've talked about over the years, but like, yep. um, do you think that that idea of like giving you the space to tinker and take things apart also not only pertained to the physical part of just things that you had, mm-hmm. but also like the things that you were going through. Like you have to fucking figure it out for yourself, Jared. He did that transition. That that was yeah okay. Yeah. So dad related a story to me a number of years ago. We were this was this is probably ten or fifteen years ago. I was up in Washington. I was visiting. We were driving somewhere. Gotcha. And he was like, because I've always walked the beat of my own drum, you know. And uh, and he we were talking about leaving when I left the group, and then he left the, the group and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, "Yeah, son." He says, "I remember we were driving down the road when you were, I was like five or six, and there's a song, an old folk song, houses." boxes little boxes little boxes made of ticky tacky and they all look just the same okay i'm not familiar it's a uh, yeah i can't remember the actual words but it's boxes little boxes little boxes on the hillside little boxes made of ticky tacky and they all look just the same and the song relates to these sub- subdivisions and suburbs and everybody yeah. looks the same and everybody's the same and everybody walks down it's the street a, the same a song about like express yourself because you're an individual yeah yeah, where yeah, yeah. everybody's just the same and okay and dad says, he says, son, I remember looking at you and you were singing that song. And, Cause the guy singing the song is making fun of the people in the ticky tack houses. Cause he's walking to the beat of his own drum. Yeah. And dad says, he says, son, I remember looking at you. You were like five and you were singing that song on the radio word for word. And I looked at you and I thought to myself, that kid is going to do whatever he wants for the rest of his life, whether I have any say in it or not. Dude, that is so and, cool. And that's why it's such a cool thing to know about Grandpa Man. Yeah. That's so rad. So yes, he was a hard ass. Totally, no doubt about it. Anybody that knows him knows that. Yes, yeah. he was a hard ass. He was a hard man. Way more so as we were younger, but as he grew and matured, he got better, obviously. But even at that, he still saw a five-year-old kid and was like, "That kid needs the space to grow." Yeah, and he gave it to me. Yeah. Not only did he give it to me, he encouraged it. Totally. Yeah. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool that he not only saw like how that idea could pertain to the things that you like, but also just like, like he knew, man, that connection. He's, he saw my personality at a very young age. Well, yeah, the connection that you had with him mm-hmm. and that he had with you too. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's so cool yeah. that he was able to recognize that and be yeah. like, oh, all right, here yeah. we go. <laughs> yep, exactly. I mean, it, it wasn't an easy ride. Well, I mean, no doubt about yeah, it. But, yeah. that's, but that's, that's the joy of life, right? Yeah. Like it's those ups and downs and the roller coasters that are what make life. We're here for experience. Yeah. You know, you got to have the ups and the downs. Everybody does. Yes. And anytime you want to chime in, son, chime in. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm not trying to exclude you whatsoever. Yeah. You're here. (laughs) But uh, yeah. So that was, you know, so that's four or five. That's Renton. You know, that was, that was that whole kindergarten time. And those were those, those foundational years, right? Where like your personality traits start getting kind of sunk in, you know? Yeah, sunk so, in and solidified, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, I got the, I can be scared of dad. Dad terrifies me when he frails off the rails. But fuck that. 
I'm tough too. Yeah. I'm going to be tougher than him now, even though he terrifies me. So yeah. it was like that battle, the battle started. Like that was the, you know, that was drawing the lines of battle. It's like, okay, yeah. I've got a food battle for dad. And I, and I actually won that one. And even dad will tell you I won that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's awesome. He, he relayed that story to me when he finally realized he lost the battle. <laughs> you know, that was a number of years later. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that. Sure. 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 You sure. Know, I was like 11, I think when I won that battle. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, so that's four or five. That's Renton. Kindergarten starts off. And so when you were, you talked about like when you were going to school and like that kind of thing, that target of being, you know, the heel, the, the bullied and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, so there was, so it started at home. So there was a girl named Stephanie in my kindergarten class. Stephanie. And we were, yes. Shout out Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably find the picture of her because I've got my kindergarten class picture still. Oh, do you? Yeah. So what it was, we were supposed to be at nap time. And her and I shared a desk. We sat next to each other. Yep, yep, so we're sitting on the desk. We're trying to sleep. And her and I are just being little giggly kids, whatever. And yep. I started making a kissy face. And then I was like doing the kissy monster thing. And then I accidentally, and then I just kid. And then we just did the kiss. And then it was like, ha, 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 funny, flaffy, whatever. And then we were done. Like went, took a nap. That's stupid kid playing. And the rest is history. Thanks for listening, everybody. There we you have- go. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, so <laughs> I go home and I'm just talking to my brothers yeah and i said i kissed stephanie and for the next four or five years of my life the mantra was jared kiss stephanie because i would get so mad they would repeat it repeat it for years for years they knew it was a trigger older brothers man older brothers man you know (laughs) i don't i don't have older brothers but i have been the older brother brother. (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) so that was that was like my first taste of teasing but that was at home that was brothers that's one thing but then and i don't know where it came from and i'm not and i can't blame anybody because it didn't come from my brothers there was something about my personality type that because i was honestly i think because i've I've taken the test for it i was always i'm borderline asperger's like okay. I, I score very, very high. So you're just basically on the cusp of being on the spectrum. Yes. Okay. And which makes a lot of sense for my youth because I was really, really awkward socially. Like, yeah. But yeah. I was very linear, linear focused in uh-huh. a very logical manner. Sure. You know, like it just clicked. Yeah. And so I was really bad at communicating to just average people. I would, I would meet somebody and I would stumble over my words and I would come across kind of odd and I would just say odd things. Not yeah. Not knowing what to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's probably where a lot of the teasing came from and then I wasn't good at processing what people told said to me. So socially it sounded like you struggled. Really bad. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. struggled socially a okay. lot. Yeah, yeah. And uh and so yeah, like, you know, kindergarten, I'd get teased a little bit here and there. And then first grade, it was just like, you know, jarhead, jam head, oh, Jared, yeah. You know, booger butt smacking on the back of the head not knowing how to respond to it standard standard bull schoolyard bully stuff yeah but because i was i had i didn't know how to respond i wasn't quick-witted you know i couldn't say that quick wit and so i just try to ignore it well when you just ignore it that antagonizes because they want a reaction they want a reaction they're not getting a reaction so they just go harder and they just go harder what was the most intense that it got I remember they were trying to throw me in the toilet once when I was 12. Like a swirly? Yeah, swirly. Most of it was just, there was there was just a lot. It was like constant verbal abuse just always. 
nagging you nagging nonstop all Fuck, day that's the worst i'd man. walk home from you know well, I, I used to get chased home from school almost every day oh really so we had fuck man that so sucks it was, dude. it was the birds north north bend peeps and snoqualmie peeps will remember the birds from back okay. in the 80s they were these two drug dealing assholes that were into saint worship and all that okay so the bus stop was probably a quarter mile away shout out to the birds home. man yeah, well i think they're both dead actually now well, shout out to both the birds. Fuck them, yeah. the assholes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was remaining tactful, and then they're dead. Fuck them. No, <laughs> so, yeah, I'd get dropped off at the school bus. Okay. And we'd be walking home, and there they'd come, because they were older. They were in high school, whatever, and they'd see us and just laughing their ass off, and they'd start chasing after us. And we're little six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old kids, and we're terrified because the birds were Satan worshipers. Like, they used to steal cats and tear their heads off and string them on fences. Like, no look, fucking way. That's what they did in the town. Like, we like, walked, like uh, for real, for real? I'm not shitting you, like, at all. Like, we'd go to the bus stop that there was that. So we had the big white house. You've heard of the big white yeah, house. Yep, yep, yep. And yep. the big field. And so we'd walk, we'd walk around the street. Yeah. We'd go through the administration building field because the school administration building, like, bordered our field where we lived. So okay. we'd have to walk through the school administration. Gotcha. Now, that wasn't the school, though. So we'd have to walk through there. That's where the bus would pick us up, and then it was like a three-mile bus ride to school. Yeah, okay. So so, so the, the distance between your house and the bus stop was how far? About a quarter of a mile. Gotcha, Maybe okay. a little bit more. Okay, okay. And more times than once, like we'd show up to the to the bus stop, and there was a fence there, and we'd find like chickens that had their heads ripped off, and the guts would be wrapped around the fence. Or kittens. We found kittens torn in half once sitting there. Oh, my God. So this wasn't like, the, yeah, this was like, this wasn't like happy fun accident cat got ran over by a car this was somebody tore a cat in half and then like wrapped the intestines around a field at the bus stop that the kids would stand at like at the, on the wire fence yeah well it was like a three pole like a steel pole fence with three poles and they would wrap it across the poles and stuff oh my god yeah so that freaks you out when you're like a nine-year-old kid and you're walking to school because that's not an accident no and that's then you oh get that's off, intentional yeah and then you Holy get off the bus shit. And this car pulls up, and these two guys get out with their buddies, and they start running after you. Like, you literally yeah. fear for your life. Well, you're like, That's a, well, that, I'm about to be a chicken on a fence. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. So, so yeah. So scary shit, man. Very young age, and I'm running home from school that way. And then dad would try to get Chad and Brady to take care of it, but it's the birds. So dad would go after them. But they're under 18. Dad yeah. legally can't beat the shit out of him like he wanted to. Yeah. So that would just antagonize him more because now I'm the son of the guy who's that, who can't do shit against him. Exactly. Oh my god, that's and the then, oh man. And then they started getting into the barn and they would do their they'd smoke weed and that in the barn and Dad would go out and chase him out of the barn and it became a bit of a battle for a while with the birds in that. Anybody from that area in that time frame, <laughs> contact me. I want to hear more stories about more this. About the birds? Yeah, this is the- Randy and Larry Bird. Yeah. They live with their grandma. Yeah, they, so yeah, so they lived with their grandma, who was like the sweet old lady, right? Oh, But they're no. also like big drug dealers in town. Oh, so what, she's like kind of the oblivious kind of caretaker yeah, grandma? Well, so enabling type of thing? One okay. springtime, any basement in Washington that in the Snoqualmie Valley floods. Yeah. Don't have basements because it floods. Well. One year, there's massive flooding. Randy and Larry Bird are nowhere to be found. They're gone. So her basement's flooded. She calls the fire department to pump out her basement. They find like 20 pounds of weed and like five pounds of cocaine floating in the basement. Oh, my God. They arrest Grandma. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> so that was kind of the story of that area. 
Damn. Know? Like it was, it was a crazy time. Early eighties, mid eighties there in Snoqualmie had some really crazy stories that came out. And that you know, was, and you know, I, and I don't want to poke too much fun because more than likely those two guys probably went through fucking hell in their own way. More than likely they did. You know, and yeah. I want to acknowledge that like yeah. genuinely, but yeah. also holy shit. Yeah. You know, and that was, so that's post Renton. So we had Renton four or five years old. Then we move out to, to North Bend, Snoqualmie where we spent the rest of our time in Washington. Okay. You know, and, and yeah, that was like pretty commonplace. You know, we moved from Damn. Renton to Wilderness Rim and I don't have a lot. I have some fun memories in Wilderness Rim with Chad and Brady because it was like a park nearby and there was like woods. It's like we moved from Renton the city to the woods. Oh man. And, and that of was, course, I, I have some really fun memories just running, not vivid ones, but running through the woods. There was like a park that was so far away. It was probably, you know, around the corner. Yeah. But that was where Chad fell through the ice on a raft. <laughs> I have to get that story from him because I don't know all of it. Okay. I just maybe came home drenched and soaked in the middle of winter because him and Pat Milliman had fallen through the ice on a raft. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember hearing something about yeah. this story, but anyway, well, yeah. Yeah. So that was Wilderness Room. A lot of just, that was kind of, well, that was where we first heard about Dave, oldest brother oh, Dave. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah, perfect yeah. lead into this. Sure. Sure. Okay. So written one through five kind of you get the gist of where i'm going in life right yeah, i got a yeah, couple yeah. complexes starting in childhood trauma stuff that's cool yeah you know that's accumulating life. trauma that's yep. what it's for that, that's what we're alive for right yeah <laughs> so so i remember this day because wilderness room was kind of a that was kind of a little bit of a magical place for me because i remember we moved up to wilderness room and i had left the only couple of friends i had in kindergarten but that wasn't too traumatic um, but we were in the woods, so it was really cool because, like, Dad bought everybody bows. Well, Chad and Brady bows, and me a little tiny bow because they were going to go deer hunting. So we had to actually shoot bows out the backyard. We had a little target set up, which was really cool, you know. Oh, that's awesome. And, I, like, the first time I had a squirrel run up my pant leg because I was holding nuts in my hand, and Dad said, stand really still because there were squirrels in the backyard. And the squirrel, I actually got a squirrel to run down my arm and like eat peanuts off my hand. Oh, dude. So that was, that was a really cool man. Those are that so was, dope, dude. Well, coming from being a piney kid in the woods, right? Yeah, yep. So I have so many memories when, of that When kind you're of shit. a little kid in the woods, it's magic. Like, it's it really full is on magic. magic in yeah, the woods, Yeah, man. That's man. why I love it. That's why I talk about it so much, yeah. like with with friends, like, man, where are we going to go camping? Let's go backpacking. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I worked a second nature. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I remember, so Wilderness Rim, pretty cool place. And I can't remember what time of year it was. I just remember I was out in the front yard. I think I was, I think I was taking a shovel and killing slugs or something. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Standard yeah. kid stuff. Right? Yep. And, dad says, yep. and this lady pulls up and goes inside the house. And the dad calls me in and I walk in and every, the whole family's sitting there. And there's this lady there. And, and then she's introduced herself. She's a social worker from yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever. And I remember dad had mentioned that I had another brother I'd never met. And, and this was something that you just knew because he had told you previously? He had or mentioned did he... it previously, and I, and I okay. was so young that I was like, okay, that's cool, but it didn't it didn't register what that really did stick. So you're, you said seven, eight? Six. I'd have been six. I'd have been six. Okay, gotcha. Yep. gotcha. Five, five, six is what this would be. Okay. Um, almost, almost seven, probably. So six going into seven because I was first grade. I went from, yeah, this would be first grade, so this would be six. Six, yep. Yep. So I remember the dad had said we had a brother, but that didn't really register what that meant. Was so the social worker lady says this and that, that rings a bell. Yeah. So, okay. cause dad had prepped us that, you know, we had a brother, but none of that registered until she was there. And she's like, would you like to meet him? You know, cause she was feeling out the whole, like being able to see Dave for the first time. Cause dad had been working, trying to get 
you know, yeah. visitation rights and all that reinstated. Yeah, totally. And then that's when it kind of clicked. Was like, oh, a brother, like like Chad brother, like brother brother, you know, like a real brother. Yeah, like dad dad talking about having a brother didn't click until she was talking about like you get to meet him. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, like like a Chad brother, like a Brady brother. You know, and I remember thinking, wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I got another brother. Like, another that's one. awesome. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. I was all, I remember being really excited about it. Oh, cool. But it's funny because I don't remember the first time I met Dave. I don't, I don't remember that. Really? Which strikes me as odd. Huh. Yeah. I, I have no recollection of the first so time I, you, I met Dave. You hear about Dave. You're excited about Dave. Yep. You don't know who Dave is. You don't know he's actually Dave. You don't yeah. know Dave's Dave. Yeah. And then... <laughs> And I hope that he lets me use his name because that's a lot of bloops. <laughs> um, but uh, but you remember that. But then after that, it's just all of a sudden he just kind of is a part of things. Yeah. Again. Then all and now yeah. I just got memories of Dave. Like huh. he used to come over on Sundays. Like before Dad got full custody, you know, he would come over on Sundays. So he would take the bus from Seattle out to Snoqualmie, and when we got home from church, he would be there. Yeah. So I just have memories of walking in from church and there's Dave sitting back on the couch watching a TV show. Yeah. And I was always bummed because I couldn't watch TV on Sunday, but he could because he was a Mormon. Oh, I was yeah. like, I don't watch TV with Dave. What? In my room. Duh. <laughs> and then sometimes the, Dad the, would The church out. isn't true. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes Dad would chill out and let us watch. It was kind of wavy on the whole watching TV on Sunday. And this thing. is pre-beer grandpa. This is pre-beer grandpa. I still want to make sure that we get to that yes, memory. Yes, yes. That's, that's, that's a really amazing, amazing memory. But we'll, okay. get, we'll get there. Yep, yep. Yeah, so... So yeah, so we're 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 in so wilderness rim is when I hear about Dave, but I still don't remember don't remember meeting Dave, but I remember making French toast for the first time with Chad in wilderness rim. That's okay. that so horrible. <laughs> that was nasty. Uh, before before we go into any other uh, stories, I just want to make sure that the people at home who are keeping track, uh, the guest that we're talking about, Dave, is episode fourteen. Yes. Okay. Good episode too. I really Fantastic. That one. He's, yeah. he's an incredible human being. Dave is Dave is one of my favorite human beings. He's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so you went and made, uh, what did you make in the woods with Chad? Oh, no, we didn't make anything in the woods. We made French toast. Chad was going to teach me how to make French toast. Oh. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. It tastes <laughs> like shit. <laughs> well, did you just like put <laughs> snot rockets and you cut it on bread or whatever? No, you put like raisins and cinnamon and eggs and stuff in a bowl. And then we like saturated the bread in it and then fried it up and I just remember it was like one of the most disgusting things I've ever eaten. Even Chad wouldn't eat it. That's like, not how you make French toast. <laughs> yeah, another food aversion. Yep, okay. exactly. Okay, another gotcha. food aversion. But yeah, Wilderness Room was just kind of one of those one of those those areas in life that was actually just kind of a I don't really have I don't think I have a single bad memory of Wilderness Room. It was just like, wow, cool. Kind of a float year. You know, float year in life, nothing bad, nothing good. Got some interesting things coming up, but I don't really know what they are yet, but they sound exciting. Sure. I got a new brother coming. Whoa. Whoa, yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool. So how so how long after the social worker did Dave come into the family? I can't remember. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Because Yeah, well, because what's interesting is I remember hearing about Dave in Wilderness Rim from the social worker. And then we moved from Wilderness Rim to Meadowbrook when I was seven. I started the second grade there at Snoqualmie Elementary. And Meadowbrook was a pretty cool house. That was where I had my hernia operation. And I still hadn't met Dave. Like, okay. So I knew I had this brother, and he'd kind of, like, I'd hear about him off and on. I'm guessing, I'd have to talk to Dad, but I'm guessing this is that whole court time that Dad was like, 
battling and come back doing and forth. The, gotcha. Yep. Doing the court stuff, yeah, 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 all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm yeah, guessing yeah. is when this time is, you okay. know, because Meadowbrook was a pretty interesting time. You know, that was, yeah, that was the first time I remember mom being gone for a while because mom was, mom was sick off and on a lot growing up, a lot okay. of anxiety and stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, we were going to talk about the almost abortion with you as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, cause yeah, I didn't, I didn't know about that till just a couple years ago, actually. Yeah. So, so by the way, I just want to say something. This is the first time I've been able to remember all of the various tangents with an episode before. <laughs> Cause normally I've gotten actually, I've gotten criticisms of like, you guys like start a story and then like something triggers something else. And then we don't finish. Like I'm invested in these other stories. And it's the best I'm doing about it right now. So I'm, I'm crushing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bear, bear with us. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay yes. Anyway. Well, so cause I'm talking about mom now, right? Okay. Yes. And there'll be a lot more mom coming up cause she's a very dear person. Yep. So, Earlier on, we talked about how mom, how Kelly and I, we just know we're twins. Yep. But we didn't feel same like frequency, we be, all that stuff. Yeah, yep. we couldn't be born at the same time because it would have killed mom. Because mom has such hard pregnancies. Yes, yes, yes. So yes, yes. mom came closer to dying with me than any of the other kids. Like I am literally a miracle baby. Every. Do you think you are the reason why she and grandpa never had more kids? I know it. She would have died if she had any more. There's no way she could have had more kids after me. Yeah. Impossible. Okay. So let's, yeah. yeah. So she, you, she gets pregnant with you. Yep. And, and as been told to me, so she was so sick, they had her on all sorts of drugs to keep her from dying. Um, just to keep her alive. She was bedridden. The doctors actually advised the doctors did the state president did. Yeah. They're like, they advised her to get an abortion because it was that, it was that life threatening. And what year were you born? 1974. Okay. This is, uh, so this is mid-70s. Mid-70s. And the yep. doctors are advising the abortion. The doctors are saying, hey, this is really, really bad. Um, we don't think she's going to live. If she does go full-term and live, the child is going to be massively retarded, yeah. probably have some massive physical abilities or disabilities or massive mental disabilities. Like, this is legitimately like you need to abort this child for your own well-being. That was, and yeah. And dad is like, Stella, we need to seriously consider this. The stake president need to seriously consider this. And mom basically gave him the big fuck you. I'm having this fucking baby. I'm having this baby. This is my baby. I'm having this baby. And and dad's like, okay. Because dad's dad. He will support. <sighs> Damn. Yeah. So everybody was like, now this is why abortion is such a touchy subject in, for my dad and that. Mm -hmm. is because of because of me yeah because i'm not supposed to be here yeah according to every professional at he the has time. he has the strongest anecdotal evidence that you can ever have yes yes okay every doctor is saying because of the drugs that your wife has been on because of the drugs estella has been on there is like a, almost a zero percent chance that that child will come out with being normal yeah like it's gonna be severely retarded yeah whether it's physically mentally or both yeah they make it through. Mom barely survives delivery. Barely survives the pregnancy. And you didn't. You didn't do C-section. You did. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't think mom did get C-section. I think she yeah. gave birth to me, but I'm not real sure. Some of that's never ever come out, and I've never asked because honestly, the fact that I'm it, here, I don't that. give a fuck. Yeah. The fact that I'm I mean, here sure. and she was alive, good enough. I ain't asking any more no, questions. No, totally, so to speak, totally, you know? absolutely. But and I came out perfectly healthy. You know, like perfectly healthy. Okay. So the fact so, that I'm even walking and talking and can do what I do is pretty amazing. So what were the things that grandma went through during her pregnancy with you? Why, why was it so hard on her? It was physically. So her body just didn't, 
except being pregnant. It was a constant rejection, you know, throwing up, deathly ill. She couldn't walk. She was bedridden just so she wouldn't have a miscarriage. Whoa. I'm not sure of all of it, but it was literally the whole pregnancy was life-threatening. Yeah. You know, just to keep her from rejecting me and rejecting her own body, they were pumping her full of drugs constantly. Yeah. Which is what was supposed to basically kill me. The drugs me, to keep grandma alive would kill you. They wouldn't kill me. They were supposed, they were they, or severely they disable you. Disable me. Yes. Yeah. So the drugs they put her on at the time were the best they had to keep her alive, but at the expense of my well-being. Yeah. It's like you know, obviously you, the mother's more important than the baby, you know, at that time because the baby will be disabled, but the mommy will be alive. And yet I came out. They were triaging it, essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. dad Dad tells me stories that when I was first born, he was so scared of me being um, deaf that to check that, he would drop a phone book next to me when I was sleeping. And then he would like flip things in front of my eyes to make sure I could see because he wanted to make sure I could see and I could hear. And oh, okay. So, yeah, dad used to like clap next to me and like get me screaming <laughs> just, just to make sure I wasn't deaf. And, and you know, <laughs> I mean, there's probably a lot of therapeutic implications of those actions. Yeah. <laughs> but knowing grandpa, knowing where that's coming from, yep. knowing everything, yep. that, like, of course, that's exactly oh, what you sure. do. Like, you of course, of course. Well, of and course. then mom, so I was definitely a mama's boy. And, oh, okay. and mom was always doting over me. Well, there's a reason why. You were the baby. And I was the baby. Not only was I the baby, but she damn near died. She literally was going to give her life to make sure I was born. She was like, willing to go that. Literally. She was willing to do it. Yeah, yeah. she was doing She would have done that for any of the kids. Oh, any yeah. of the kids. The fact that I was the last one and the, and the hardest. Yeah, mom was. Yeah, so that's, that's the story of my birth, like trauma from the get-go, right? And how old was grandma when she had you? 74 she was born in 52 so she was 22 23 no. really no no 32 she'd be older than that 30 or are we going to do basic math on the podcast <laughs> elijah help <laughs> when was dad was built no and mom dad was born in 42 mom was born in 48 i'm thinking so that would have been her like 50 <laughs> Twenty-seven, like twenty-seven, twenty-eight-ish. Wait, when was she born? Forty-eight. I think. I think forty-eight or forty-nine. I think is when mom was born. It's late. I've been talking all week. Yeah. Well, she's like six years younger than dad. Dad was born twenty-six. She's twenty-six. 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 Twenty-seven-ish. Yeah. And then I know that she got a hysterectomy yes. afterward. Yes. Because and and the reason why I wanted to make sure that I got the number down because there's a lot of women out there who don't even start to consider having kids until they're in their 30s. Yeah. And grandma chose to have a hysterectomy before she even turned 28. I think so. Right? I think it was mom, 28. Your mom would be able to confirm all yeah. of that. You can put a little blip in if you need to edit in the exact. You want to grab my phone, Elijah? Um, I'm going to call my mom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We've done this before on the podcast. Uh, so anyway, as we're getting this yep. set up. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, so, so. Yeah. So basically, I mean, if you really look at kind of, I was kind of one of those people that kind of, you can come in like a lion or come in like a lamb, right? When you, like you at working out in the woods and you had like all the shit happened your first two weeks, first month or two. Well, and, it wasn't all of the shit, but it happened very you, you quickly. Had, you had some yeah. pretty intense stuff happen. Rather... <laughs> I know because I worked out there too. So uh, we have so many stories of that <laughs> yeah. about that. But yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. And I, that's kind of how like my life was. I felt like like I came in pretty intense. Yeah. Pretty pretty quick. 
like right from the get-go. Okay, so with grandma's health and, and everything, she chose, to, and I want to, like I said, I want to highlight that because mm -hmm. there's, you know, looking at the demographics, 23 to 27 is my main, yeah. it's my main thing. Yep. Um, and so for, and actually also, now that I think about it, 60% of all my listeners are women. Oh. Yeah, so this Shout is literally, women. I mean, we're talking about literally my favorite woman mm -hmm. other than my mom um, and, and also my sisters and my niece. But <laughs> mom was a pretty amazing woman. Yeah. She was a force to be reckoned with, man. Okay, cool. We're going to get her on the phone here. We're going to cut out all this stuff probably. Unless for the video. Real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Da -da -dun, dun, dun, da -da -dun. Dude, my phone has been working on such hardcore overdrive this, tr this shift. It's like hot all the time. <laughs> I would love. I'll I'll take whatever you give me. Do you like ice in yours? Or do you yes, like yes, just one cube. Okay. This is 1792 is becoming one of my like favorite good ones to drink because I keep like Old Crow for like mixing and stuff. And Old is like good enough. Like it's a it's great. It's great. I'll always keep Old Crow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad I put my uh, 256 gig SIM card in <laughs> the recording suit or in the in the um, roadcaster. Just because I, I like because when you told me like okay yeah let's uh you know I I feel kind of stupid for not recording when we were eating because of how, what you were talking about of like. Are you done with this? Yeah, I'm, I'm good here. I'll get this stuff in there too. Um, but I feel like halfway through us eating, I had the thought of like, oh, I should be recording this because that's what you said you wanted. Like you wanted all of it. Even if it's this. Just let it go. Yeah. We just let it go, man. Yeah. And then we can modify and do whatever. And for, for what I publish, I mean, I don't think I'll have this in there. Um, unless, unless you, unless you want me to do that just for my podcast purposes, like, you know what? You I know, want all of it. If you want I say that, listen to it and what sounds good flows. But I mean, what flows. I mean, what I mean is like, yeah, I'll be able to give you the raw audio and you'll be able to have the MP3 files and everything on a thumb drive eventually and all that stuff. You'll have that to yourself. Um, but what you said about the intention yeah. of like posterity you know the idea of like multiple generations looking back yeah all that stuff like i think that you know say your third great grandkid mm -hmm. will be able to you know access spotify yeah. a lot better than being like wait where's that thumb drive he, that can, they he did? can google you know jared williams 2020 podcast, yeah so if you want to put all this all of this stuff all the candid everything i would do that yeah yeah and i'll put that up front of all of the episodes yeah that I release with you. See where we're at. I'll do one hour chunks of everything and just like yeah. say, and that's it. And then it's whatever we'll pick there right we back go. up on the next episode. We'll just go for it. Yeah, we'll yeah. have to see on some of these where, because some of these might get a little interesting. Okay. And then we'll have to kind of maybe clear some things with other people depending on how far down some roads we go. Well, I am I am down <laughs> to do that. I am down to do that. And like I said, no rush. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, this is going to be, like this trip is going to give me the next six to eight months of content. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, not, fun. I'm not worried about it. 
We can have some fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if there's any tangents you want me to go down with anything, let me know too and keep me on track. Okay. All right. Because we can tangent the hell out of everything. Okay. And I also want to try to keep a little bit of a narrative structure just because yes. of publishing anyway. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yes. Dude, this is so good. Dude, isn't this it is amazing? really good bourbon. It's, it is, I think, for my sipping, this one and Woodford Reserve are my two top for sipping. That's really good. Yeah, wow. Good shit. Dude, thank you. Yeah. See if you can get them to uh, endorse it. Seventeen ninety two. Sponsored by booze. Polygonometry <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by booze. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be just yet another thing that people would be like, no, no. I'm not saying there's like a huge outcry about stuff back home, but it kind of there kind of is a little bit. Yeah, it is what it is. And that's fine. I hope they talk to me like adults about it. But they Good luck with that. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so let's see. We've gone up. We're in Meadowbrook. Yeah. Meadowbrook. Oh, we're going to call my mom. Yes. That's right. Okay, so go ahead, how Meadowbrook. how old mom was yes. when... Yeah, yeah she, go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. I'll just get her on the horn. Yeah, so Meadowbrook, that was like the first time um, I remember mom being gone and being okay. sick. Was it seven? Six, seven? Yeah. Okay. Is she answering? She's She's thinking about it. <laughs> Come on, mom. It's not a clock. She might be in bed. Nah, she's up. <laughs> she's up. I don't know what she's doing, but she probably has a glass of wine. Or third. Ah, oh, maybe. I don't know. Sorry, I missed you. Oh, come on, mom. All right, well, we're gonna try one more time, just cause. Why not? Yep. That's the feeling I want to emphasize with recording with you. It's like, why not? Just do it. Just go for it. Just go for it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> Dude, you want to? We'll <laughs> do it. We'll do it live. Flip on the Instagram, do a story. <laughs> if you want. If you want to do it for your for your Instagram page or whatever. Oh, I didn't even think about that with my Instagram page for the fucking podcast. Dude, do we want to block an hour out and do a, a live stream? I'll do a fucking live stream with the unemployment Let's Sorry, I missed you. Okay, my mom's not going to answer. Dude, we can do it right now if you want. Okay. We can do a um, full-on tangent, whatever you want me to go down. We can do it. Oh, man, it's not, it's going to be way more than an hour so with whatever it is. Do you want to just live stream the next three hours on polygonometry? Um, <laughs> I think it caps at like 30 minutes on Instagram. Um, yeah. Do a certain amount of time. We could pick, a, we could pick a, a tangent. Okay. And just I'm just a, trying to think of what a tangent would be. Can you do a, a little bit of a homework thing right now? Just think about what tangent would be awesome for just an hour live stream for the podcast. Desert, you, desert stories. Desert stories? Oh, wait a second. I know one. Wow. Drum circle, uh, antelope, wolf. Oh, mahoodoo voodoo, shaman stuff. You yeah, want me to works. talk about my antelope, my wolf, when I met my wolf pack in my shaman training? That's what I want for the... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can All right. do that. So how about this? So Where how, are we at? How do we want to set this up? How do you want to preface this? Okay. So here's. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear America. Happy birthday to you. 